Today we are uh, having a very, very short scripture reading, and that's by design. <clears throat> this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it is verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This passage uh, was chosen deliberately to be short, to give time for testimonies this morning, and to tie into the fact that we believe that knowing Jesus changes everything. So we would invite those of you who have had a life-changing experience uh, to give us a testimony, or if there's some passage from the Bible that is particularly important to you that the Lord's impressed upon you, we'd love to have it shared, or if there's something else that you think would encourage the folks around you, we'd love for you to come on up. Now, the fact that knowing Jesus changes everything doesn't mean that we have time to hear everything today. <clears throat> we have about 20 or 25 minutes, so we'd ask you when you do come up um, to be brief, to be mindful of the people behind you. That uh, it's hard. I know it's very hard to put everything into context in a couple of minutes, but please do your best. Please be accurate. The simple truth is usually the most effective. And above all, be Christ-centered. This is intended to encourage the saints around you, encourage folks who might or might not have seen God moving in their own lives uh, to know that God does move in other lives and can move in their lives. It's just a matter of being patient and being faithful and uh, persevering. Remember, if you do come up to share, this is an act of love for your, your fellows in this, um, in this church. And it's an act of obedience to God to, to, to share your love, to share your experience, share your hope, and your experiences with uh, other people. So with that, I will turn it over to whomever might want to come up and start things off. I will step slowly away. If you told me when I was 15 or maybe even a year ago that I was going to be standing in front of a church uh, and sharing a, um, a testimony, I would probably be like, no, <laughs> no, not going to happen. Uh, but um, it was put upon my heart after, um, after some inquiries and, you know, I prayed about it and I figured I would. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in front of a lot of people. So, and if, if, if I, if I start slipping into Spanish or, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, my name is Noe Luis Ramos Stewart, um, technically, though my full name now is Noe Luis Guillermo Ramos Stewart. I was born in Fajardo, Puerto Rico, uh, in 1993, 24 years old. Uh, growing up. You know, I grew up in a, uh, a Seventh-day Adventist church. You know, my, my dad was very strict. He would, uh, he would, um, basically, he would discipline me in very harsh ways, uh, to the point of, you know, hitting me with bats or, um, there was one time in particular where he broke my hands with a hammer because I, uh, I lied about something. I think it was about taking a candy or some kind of cookie. Um, when I turned about 10 or 11, I kind of turned away from the church I was growing up in, 
um, and started to follow a life of crime. You know, I was I was stealing food, I was mugging people, I was getting in all sorts of trouble. I joined a gang, started doing drugs. Uh, you know, at uh, at around 15, I um, I realized that uh, I you know if I kept doing that, I I needed I was gonna die. I was probably gonna die when I was 20. So I try so I. I left my home in Puerto Rico with my dad. You know, my parents were already divorced by this point, so I, I came to the United States, went to high school here, but the troubles didn't stop. I got more into drugs, opiates, more specifically painkillers, because I had been in a lot of fights. I'd been stabbed a um, couple times. Uh, you know, I'd broken almost every single bone I could think of. Even I even had concussions from 2 by 4s and the bats that my dad would swing at me. You know, and um, I was lost. I, I was truly lost. You know, the only reason why I was living was so I could please my mother or, you know, eventually because, I, I mean, I, I, I'm now a single father. I, I got a daughter, and I was only still living just for her, you know, just to make sure that she was okay. Until the year 2016. So... I had recently reconnected with a friend of mine from uh, Westfield High School, which some of you know as uh, Joanne Fletcher. Um, very vibrant personality. I used to hang out with her back then, but back then I was still messing around with a lot of drugs. And it, was, it was through the Ministry of New Hope that I had uh, realized that all the years that I thought and turned away from God because I thought God was punishing me by keeping me alive. All my friends had died around me. You know, everybody that I cared about was dying. My cousins had died. My 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 sister died a couple months ago, you know, one of them anyway. Um, but everybody that I knew or grew up with has, has died. And uh, either with drugs or gang activities or random car accidents. Um, but it was through this ministry that I, I, I had realized that God wasn't punishing me. God, God was trying to say something to me, that he has a plan for me, that this is the part where English comes hard for me, uh, <laughs> that, he, that he was trying to save me that uh, he was trying to have me know him truly. I knew about him when I was a kid, but I didn't actually know him. So I have a couple of Bible verses. Um, the first one that helped me realize something, that once accepting Christ into my life, the old man is dead, and in me is a new man, a new man in Christ. Now, uh, for those of you that were at the men's retreat, I, uh, I secretly wrote a Bible passage on the whiteboard. Uh, uh, if Dan is here, uh, he, he, he looked it up with me, but, uh, and I showed it to him. But the Bible, vast, uh, Bible passage is Galatians 2.20. And um, let me look it up real quickly because my memory is bad. Galatians 2.20. There we go. And this, this verse help me realize what it's like to have that old man die and, uh, and, and be reborn. 
um, there we go. Uh, it's an NLT. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That, that Bible verse has become central and core to me. And the, this, this ministry uh, helped me realize that with um, the, um, the reason why I'm alive, the reason why that God has kept me alive, again, not to punish me, but to save me and help others, to share a light with the world that it, it, it doesn't have to be big. It, do, it really doesn't. It, ha, it can be anything from sharing the mustard seed of Christ to others to, I don't know, saving 10 people somehow. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What matters is that God has a plan for me, for everyone, to share his light to others. And that with that uh, comes the last verse I'll share with you. Uh, it's, um, I'm trying to find it now. It's, uh, I think it's Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you, uh, to give you a future and a hope. And I thought there was no hope for me. And I was wrong. There is hope for me. There's always been hope for me. Hope from God, hope from Christ. And I try to share that hope and love with others. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, yes. Thank you, guys. So if you had any doubt about knowing Jesus changes everything, that should put it to rest. Is there anyone else who would like to share this morning? Yeah, it's a hard act to follow. It goes down a little. Um, hi. I've moved through the church a little bit, but my name's Katie. Um, I did share before, a while ago, about um, my first testimony. And, you know, testimonies can change. You can share different things about the hope that you can have. Um, in the last six months or so, I've injured my right hand to the point where I had to wear a splint, and there almost was no hope of me actually being able to do this <laughs> um, without shaking, without pain. I still can't feel this. But um, God, over six months ago, told me, you're going to paint my story. You're going to paint the life of Jesus. And I'm an artist. I've been painting and drawing since I was in eighth grade. Um, so to have that happen kind of shot everything down. But um, a couple months ago, we were having our normal Wednesday group, no, New Hope, and my hand was shaking so bad that I would have it on the table and it sounded like someone was shaking a rattle. Um, and randomly at the end of group during prayer, I could barely hold someone's hand. 
and William Newton, who's on the trail right now with everybody, when we ended prayer, he was like, guys, no, we're going to continue to pray, but God told me that Katie has to lay on the table, and we have to pray over her hand. Um, so I laid on the table, and everyone in that room, everyone of New Hope, joined hands, and they prayed over me, and everyone touched me, you know, put their hand on me or didn't put their hand on me. And my hand was still shaking throughout most of it. And then Tabitha came over, grabbed my hand, just held on to it, and started, I think, speaking in tongues or something. But they were all praying so much that I just, I felt heat and then chills and then just so much. This happened one other time in my life, and it was when I was prayed upon. And I have autism. I, when I, my sensory stuff, like I used to not be able to even sit in church because babies would make me almost have what looked like a PTSD attack. Um, John and, um, I forgot her name. There you go. Dana. They prayed over me and it was very intense. I felt water on my back. I felt someone wrap their arms around me. But I haven't had problems ever since with fire sirens or any of that. And that is amazing. But with my hand, during that prayer, it completely stopped shaking. It hasn't shook like that ever again. And I'm able to draw. I'm able to paint. I'm able to, you know, play with children. I'm able to do a whole bunch of stuff now. And, like, that, to me, is where prayer and knowing peace in yourself and having that hope that, yes, I was broken. I was really, really broken. I've been more broken before, but this meant more somehow. Like, not being able to walk, that's a thing. But not being able to paint his story, not being able to do what he asked me to do, that hit me harder. And a one single verse somehow echoed through me, but I was only able to have numbers. And William was like, I know exactly what verse that is. And um, it's Proverbs 3.16, I think. I'm going to remember this thing. And it's, she has, I think it's wisdom in her right hand and something in her left hand. I don't remember what it is. I have to remember. It's... um like the future in her left hand and something like that. But it was convenient that that was the exact verse that I thought of when they were shaking, my hand was shaking. So I just wanted to share that because there's so much hope that you can have even when you think that you won't have the thing that God gives you. We have time for a couple more. Do we have anyone else? Uh, I'm at the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> uh, as a teenager, I accepted Christ. And I've had 65 years to think about that. I didn't make a mistake. 
Christianity is great. And even at this stage of my life, everything that I count as valuable and dear, I can trace back to that decision. It was right. We still have time for a couple more. <laughs> Anyone else? Test one, two, three. Okay, I don't want to be too loud. So, uh, good morning, you beautiful creatures. Um, let's see. My name is Rusty Jewel. Um, I'm not going to give you my whole life story because we'll be here until Tuesday. So, um, I just had something in my heart that I wanted to share. Um, so about actually a year ago, May 26th is when this happened. So about a year ago, two, three days ago, um, I was doing chemicals that I thought were one thing, but they were another. And they kept me up for 96 hours. And in that period of time, I was slowly losing my mind, dripping into insanity. And at the end of those 96 hours, I couldn't, I couldn't replicate a good thought a sound thought, nothing, and I had my gun, and I was like, I want to sleep. Maybe this will help me. So I drove into Manassas, I went to the Days Inn, I parked my car, and I took the gun, and I put one in the chamber, and I put it in my mouth, and I looked up, and I said goodbye, and I closed my eyes. It takes four pounds of pressure for that trigger to go off, and I had my finger on the trigger. And it's kind of like a Hollywood thing. You know, I had the single tear going down my cheek, and my body froze. I couldn't move. At that time, I wasn't very scripturally sound. I barely knew any scripture from memory. But in my own voice, I heard in my head, be still and know that I am God. I took the gun out of my mouth, and I opened my eyes, and I looked in my rearview mirror, and Prince William Police Department were behind me. SWAT was behind me. I had more guns than I wanted to pointed at my head. <laughs> but um, apparently someone in the hotel saw me with a gun in my mouth and called the cops. So after that, I went to um, Spotsylvania uh, psych ward for about three weeks and dealt with it. And I'm here today to speak to you guys. That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> But uh, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. God bless. So there's power in what we can we can achieve as a church, as a body, and this is evidence of it. Anyone else? Well, then I'm going, I'm going to inflict something on you. <clears throat> um, my name is Kevin, for those of you who don't know me, and there are lots of you who don't. Um, some of you know me well, but most of you don't. Uh, I'm pretty introverted. My wife would call me antisocial. She has in the past. Um, <clears throat> but um, there was something that was on my heart this morning that I wanted to share. And just briefly, my background, I grew up in a, in a nominally Christian family, and I had a good, very good sound Christian education. But um, somewhere, maybe in kindergarten, I missed the lesson that I was most valuable, would have been most valuable to me. 
Um, and I, I grew up being very resentful at God because I didn't think that God was giving me what I deserved. And now I understand that was a very good thing, that he didn't give me what I deserved, and it's a good thing that I get what I don't deserve. But I went through literally 40 years of my life very angry at God. I never doubted his existence. I just thought he didn't care for me. And um, I went to a lot of very dark places as a result, looking for what I didn't know, looking to fill what we call a God-sized hole in our in ourselves. And I did some things that uh, I'm not proud of. Um, and uh, as I said, I went to a lot of places that I wouldn't wish anybody else to go. Um, and it is it is in itself a miracle that I'm alive today. There are lots of times when I could have easily been killed, been, been dead for a variety of reasons. Um, but the Lord was steadfast. He was persistent. He wanted something from me. He wanted something for me. I didn't understand that. Uh, when I did finally accept Jesus um, as my Savior, it took a long time to go from my head to my heart, but it eventually did. I had just an incredible amount of support, and this is one of the ways that the Lord was, was watching out for me in all these years. <clears throat> uh, he married me into a family that is about as, as strong as can possibly be uh, spiritually. And that's what I needed. He got me into churches that were strong spiritually, and that's what I needed. I didn't know it, but I needed it. And uh, at one point, um, a very, very wise woman almost took me by the ears and said, do you believe that God wants the best for you? And I said, well, of course I do, and walked away, realizing that I didn't. And it was only until I started thinking about that, that God does want the best for me. Is that true? Uh, that I had to confront that. I'd never done it before in my life, which is why I'd gone to all those bad places, done all the things I wish I hadn't done, but there they are. Um, and so I took a chance. I thought, okay, I'm going to just believe that God wants the best for me. And they say mood follows action, so in taking that action of believing, I really started to be convinced that God wanted the best for me. And once I realized that God did, in fact, want the best for me, that I had the biggest power in the universe watching out for me, I realized a number of things. I didn't have to be responsible for my own life. All that pressure was gone. That there was a right and wrong that I could very clearly see. <clears throat> and that God was going to take care of me so long as I did the things that I was supposed to do, and even if I didn't do the things I was supposed to do, because for 40-plus years I didn't do the things I was supposed to do, and he took care of me. And now that I am doing the things I should be doing, aligning my will to his, turning my life over to him, I just I can't even begin, and I won't begin, to describe how different my life is now than it was before. I have a wonderful wife. I have a God gift of a wife, God gift of children. I have a daughter from what I call my practice marriage, um, <laughs> who for many years uh, I was alienated with, who now is very, very close to me. I have a grandchild who I might be able to see on a regular basis. And there's nothing wanting in my life. The things that used to be big deals, I don't even see anymore because the Lord is showing me how to deal with them. This can happen for you if you just remember that God is faithful. God is steadfast. He wants the best for you. He will provide the best for you. 
All you have to do is be willing to accept him. Be willing to change. Be willing to do the things he wants. That's it. So thank you. Thank you all for being here today. Um, <clears throat> can we close the music? Great. I'm going to ask for some assistance here. What we have the usual change, or you want me to read them? No. You want to do that? Go ahead. Katie, I, I, saw, I found your verse. I wanted to read it. Is that all right? You're, you nailed the, the address of this verse. Uh, Proverbs 3, 16. Let me start with 15. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing can desire, nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Um, just wanted to read that to you. So, um, thank, thank you for each of you that, that shared. Uh, truly, and um, it's an opportunity, to, as as Kevin has expressed so beautifully, um, to recognize the hope in Christ. Uh, to recognize, as we've talked about for weeks now, that knowing Jesus truly does change everything. Um, so I won't talk anymore because you've you've heard enough, and it's been uh, well said. Um, but can I pray for us, and we'll spend some time in worship to close out? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you that you love us perfectly, Lord. We thank you that um, when even when we don't realize it, even when we don't at times care, you are loving us perfectly. You have created us for a purpose. Thank you that we were reminded of that this morning. Continue to remind each of us of that, um, that you, your love is perfect, your plan is perfect, and that you will never let us go. Thank you, Lord. You are good. In Jesus' name, amen.